Good, good to have you along with us. John Scholes here, as always. Uh, he is here, Lior Sanfiru. Uh, Sanfiru to mark an LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country. want to remind you that you can go to this website anytime, even as you're listening to the show and calling in, maybe pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. There's something on there called the Severance Calculator. Why is that cool? Because millions of people across this country have logged in, used it, and discovered what the real severance amount should be. That's just to get you started as we uh, as we roll on here uh, during the show. The phone calls always bring them on. Would love to talk to you. 416-872-1010. That is the number to call the station. Be the third voice on the air. Let's talk about your employment law woes. If there's something you don't know, something you've always wondered, something you're in the dark about, or maybe a friend told you something and you're thinking, you know what? I don't trust you because you probably got the wrong information. Almost guarantee they do. 416-872-1010. Email is answers at employmentlawyer.ca. Answers at employmentlawyer.ca. We will uh, endeavor to get to a few emails a little later on. We've got a couple topics to uh, to work through uh, during the hour. That is, first one's all about being on probation. Again, there's so much you're not going to know about this, so we're going to enlighten you in just a couple minutes. But we do like to start off with a week that was our case of the day, pal. What uh, you got a couple things to talk about. What do you got? I do, and, and you're absolutely right. The whole basis, the premise for the show, the reason we started doing radio, you and I, is the fact that there's so much misleading information out mm-hmm. there. And it's not because anyone's trying to hurt you or deceive you, but it's just a lot of incorrect information. There's a sea of that information. And, and it's especially problematic when it comes to your rights, where your rights in the workplace. You need to know the real facts, the real truth, what to do, what not to do, so that you can't compromise, so you don't compromise your rights. A lot of us have great rights and employment law rights, but because we don't know what they are, we inadvertently compromise them. We give them up. So on the show, we tell you what you need to know, the truth, the facts, your rights, so that you know what to do, how to deal with the situation where your boss is doing something illegal, where the company wants you to do something that they can't demand. If you lose your job, if your uh, position is changing, whatever the issue is, there are rights and there is a way to deal with it. And a good place to start is right now, live, call us. Ask the question that you have, ask about your situation, Give us the opportunity to help you. And of course, the next step beyond that, if you want to take it, is to reach out to me in the office, make the call or send an email. We'll give you that contact information throughout the show so we can connect that way. But let's, uh, John said, let's start with a couple of cases that came across my desk over the past week. I spoke with the gentleman who had been working for some time for the same uh, employer. Everything was going well, but recently his employer announced that they had sold the business. They'd sold it to another company. Uh, well, the new owner of the company said, yeah, that, that this person my, this person that called me will be offered a job, but he and his colleagues are going to have to relocate to the new company's offices, which are about 90 minutes away. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we have a job for you, same job, same pay, but in this other location, 90 minutes away. And his, this guy said, no, I'm not going to do that. That's too far for me to go. So his employer, the current employer said, well, okay, then you've resigned. You're not owed anything, and it is what it is. So he called me, and he wanted to know, well, does he get anything? Does he get any severance? Does he have any rights? So very important thing, and and I get this asked often about uh, individuals that have their business being sold. So first of all, regardless of the reason as to why he doesn't want to relocate or, or and work with a new employer, he would get severance in that situation if he's not working. Now, if he has, uh, if he doesn't have a good reason, he just doesn't feel like working for the new company, then he doesn't get his full severance. He gets his minimum entitlements. 
But if he has a good reason, he gets his full severance. Now, for this guy, he had been there for over seven years. He'd probably be looking at nine-month severance. And he absolutely has a good reason. Relocating 90 minutes away is a huge deal. It's not something that he is required to accept. Generally speaking, anytime we're talking about a relocation that's going to affect you by more than an hour's commute, that's what we call a big deal. That can result in a constructive dismissal, whether it's in a sale of a business situation or in any situation where the company wants you relocated. If they do that, you can say no and you still get your severance. So in this situation, John, because he this move, this sale of a business would require him to commute an extra hour and a half, his refusal means he gets his full severance, nine months. So a reminder there, if the business is sold, if you're not working with the company, you are going to be owed severance. If you're not sure what to do, if you're not sure how to respond, if you're not sure if the new job is similar enough to the new job, uh, the old one and the new one, call me. Let's talk about that. Don't compromise your rights. But yes, generally speaking, your the sale of a business does trigger your ability to get severance. And uh, by the way, guys, to reach out to Lior when we're not doing this show or other radio shows across the country, you can always use this number, one 821 5900 help or answers at employmentlawyer.ca. But here and now, a reminder, phone lines are open. You can call in and uh, interject any time to ask your questions, 416-872-1010 to call the station. Now, what else you got going on, pal? Spoke with another gentleman who had recently lost his job. Company was restructuring. wasn't anything that, that he had done. Now, he was a salesperson, and the way the compensation worked for him is he had a base salary, a fairly low base salary, and the balance he made in commission. So he had a base salary plus commissions that he earned. Now, he had worked for the same employer for five years, and the company, again, restructures. They let him go, and they offered him, in terms of number of months, fair severance. They offered him seven and a half months severance right around there, which was appropriate. I wasn't arguing with that. Except here's the thing, and here's why it ultimately was a terrible offer. They calculated that seven plus months of severance based on his base salary only. They said, yeah, we're going to pay you seven and a half months of base salary only. Now, John, his base salary was right around $40,000. Total compensation was double that, right around $80,000. So they calculated his severance on the $40,000. Wrong. False can't do that. That's a wrongful dismissal. Severance has to be calculated on the basis of total compensation. For him, his total compensation was his salary. It was commissions. He also has benefits. He also had contributions to pension, which they didn't include. So all those components resulted in his severance offer being probably about $30,000 less than what it needed to be. So this was despite the fact that seven and a half months was the right amount of severance. So I wanted to remind everyone there, when it comes to losing your job and the the amount of severance that you're owed, the first question, of course, is always, how many months pay am I owed? Is it six months? Is it 24 months? Is it something in between? But the next question always is, did I get paid based on my total compensation? Did the company include all my compensation, my salary, my commission, my bonus, my benefits, my car allowance, pension? All those things have to be included. Company is not going to forget about your salary, but they may often not include or forget about the other components, which again makes it illegal and the difference can be massive. So let's not forget about those other components. They can add up very, very quickly. Even the pension itself could be worth a ton. So if you're let go, we want to watch out for that. 
not just the number of months, but also, John, what's included in it. And is it, is it on like a go forward basis as you were talking about? So if you were let go and your severance is say for a year, now sometime within that year, you would have received a nice fat bonus. Does it have to be included even though you're no longer there, but on severance? Absolutely. If you want to know yeah. if something is going to be included or should be included, you ask yourself the simple question. Would I have received it had I still worked for the relevant period of time? If the answer is, yeah, I would have. Well, if you would have, then it has to be included as part of your severance. The idea behind severance is that the company has to put you in the same financial position as if you had continued working. So that's why if something would have been included when you worked, it has to be included in your severance. Again, 416-872-1010 to call the station now and talk to us. Let's get into this, pal. All about being on probation. Here's a topic that is there's so much gray area and misinformation. So, I mean, the quick definition, right? What does it mean to be on probation? Well, generally speaking, probation, the idea behind probation is that an employer should have a period of time to assess performance and the assess the suitability of the employee to the role that they were hired for. So in many cases, the person that's being hired is an unknown to the company. Company doesn't know them. I mean, they, they've they talked to them, they, they've seen their resume, but they've never worked with them. They've never actually seen the quality of, of their performance. So the company, in a sense, may think, well, we're taking a bit of a risk here. So we're going to put this person on probation. We're going to give ourselves a period of time to try them out, to see how they do. And during that period of time, if things go great, wonderful. If it doesn't go great, then we're going to give ourselves an out so we can uh, part ways with minimal consequences. So that's what the idea behind probation is. And there's nothing wrong with this concept. What is some often wrong, and we'll talk about that, is the fact that many times you're not really on probation when you think you are. And many times, even if you are on probation, you still have significant rights if the company lets you go. Uh, and the company may not realize that. So we want to talk about what it actually means to be on probation, what the law says your rights are, because you do have rights even on probation, and what an employer can and cannot do in that situation. Most people think it's automatic as soon as you get hired. Oh, I'm on probation. Just started a new gig. Is that true? And that's that's one of the, the big mistakes that both employers and employees make, and that is they assume that probation is automatic. Just because you started a new job, you're on probation. No, probation is not automatic. Probation does not exist by operation of law. The only time you can be on probation, the only time, is if you sign an employment agreement that specifically says you are on probation for the first few months. If you sign that agreement, then that's fine. You've agreed to it. The company says, that's what we're going to do. You accepted it, and that's what happens. But if you didn't, if you either didn't sign an employment agreement, you started a job on a handshake, or you signed an employment agreement, but it doesn't say that, then guess what? You are not on probation. The law considers you to be kind of a regular employee on day one in that situation. So very important to remember, if you're starting a new job, go back and take a look at your employment agreement. Does it say something about probation? If not, that's good. You're not on probation. And of course, if you didn't sign an employment agreement, that's even better. It means you have the full force and protection of the law right there. Okay. So that so far has got some questions already mounting. Bring them on air and talk to us because I know it's already starting to get confusing. There might be some stuff you don't know. We'll continue our chat about probation. And the number to call in right now, 416-872-1010. Emails, answers at employmentlawyer.ca. We're hoping you're enjoying it. Join us. We'll be back after a short break right here on the Employment Law Show. Stand by. 
Welcome back. It is 119. Got plenty of time to join the discussion as we uh, continue our discussion all about being on probation. We're going to continue that here in a moment. But uh, as we always say, the top priority is getting you on air with us, asking your questions, giving you the answers you need. And that is 416-872-1010. So we'll, uh, we'll get into that. Carrie, standing by. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Excellent. Good. Thank you so much for taking part of your uh, sunny Sunday to join us here. What's on your mind? Yeah, yeah, it was good timing. I was in the car. I'm like, I Excellent. have a question. Do it. What do you got? What's your question? So uh, my, my spouse, after 10 years of employment, um, was laid off and then basically not invited to come back. So uh, constructive dismissal is what I think it is. And he has been offered a severance package. However, I, I'm not sure if he would be owed anything more than the the basic mm-hmm. package if he had, during the 10 years, his um, phone was fully paid for because it was used for work, and he also had a company vehicle during that 10-year span. So before we even talk specifically about the phone and, and uh, the vehicle, let me just get some other information. So you said he's been there for 10 years. What kind of a job was your husband doing? He was in pest control. Okay, got it. And how old is your husband? Uh, 47. And please tell me he has not signed anything. He has not signed anything. Okay. What did they offer him in terms of number of months? He just gave me the amount, $10,000. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm not even 100% sure. Well, well, what I can tell you is that your husband is probably going to be owed anywhere from 10 to 12 months of severance. So unless he was earning $10,000 a year, 10000 is going to be very, very little and a lot less than what he's owed. Do you know approximately what he was earning? Um, so I'm going to say around forty-five. Okay, so you know, we, you know, we don't have our calculator handy, but I'm pretty sure that uh, ten to twelve months was probably going to be anywhere from I don't know thirty-eight to forty-five thousand dollars. That's the range, and uh, he was offered ten thousand. So this is before we even talk about the car and or, or cell phone. So right, right off the mm-hmm. bat, the big issue here is not even so much the car and the cell phone. The real issue is that they owe him another thirty thousand dollars. Right. So right off the bat. Uh, So definitely, definitely, he needs to call me as soon as possible. Now, with respect to cell phone and car, since you've asked about those, now, if the cell phone was exclusively used for work and only work, then they don't have to uh, provide any payment because he's not going to be working. But if it was used for personal uh, use as well and they paid for that, then absolutely they have to. Same thing with the car. If he was yeah. using the car for personal use, not just for work, then of course mm-hmm. they have to uh, to continue paying for the car, either to give him a car or give him an equivalent dollar amount that he can use to lease a car. But if he was using it for work only and only for work, then they wouldn't, again, because he's not going to be working. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. But the real issue here is is the fact that uh, ten thousand dollars is you know roughly thirty thousand dollars, assuming you know with the numbers that you gave me, uh, thirty thousand dollars less than what he's owed. So he's he's been wrongfully dismissed, and it's not even a constructive dismissal, right? It's it's a regular dismissal. They let him go, uh, mm-hmm. but now he's owed right around ten to twelve months of severance. Okay. 
So That's Carrie, okay. you need to yep, you need to you need to have your husband call and have that uh, have that your uh, chat for sure, Carrie. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is how you do that. I'll repeat it throughout the show, and the email is simple, simply answers at employmentlawyer.ca. But uh, but there you go. We got more calls uh, getting lined up here. Four one six eight seven two ten ten is how you do it. It's amazing. It's always like. Every time we have that conversation, and Carrie's still smart to call in and, and double check for sure, but it's, it's always that tip of the iceberg, right? You only see the one-fifth above water. It's underneath is where uh, the periphery that you don't think about. The extra severance is owed because they're not paying that in the phones, the bonuses, you know, the car allowance, all that stuff. It's amazing how much you can add up, right? Well, there's an assumption that the company must have gotten the basics right, right? Mm. They've gotten the basics right. Maybe they they made some mistakes, but the basics are, are, are right. And that's a false assignment. It's not an assumption. It's it's not true. People often call me, as I've said this before on the show, when they're let go because they don't think their ROE, the record of employment, is filled out correctly. That's what they're calling me about. Mm-hmm. But in talking to them, I realize you're owed an extra $40,000. Yeah. Let's forget about the ROE for a second. That's the real issue. And, and it's like a, a complete shock to them. So yeah. always important to make the call if you lose your job. Chances are whatever you actually think is appropriate it's probably not appropriate. Again, guys, 416-872-1010. Samson, thanks for taking the time. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for taking my call. You bet. What's on your mind? Yeah, um, I, I love the, ex- uh, the explanation he's been giving, the lawyer's been giving on the probation. And uh, recently, mm-hmm. my, my kid brother was just let go on a gig. He just started with this company. Uh, my kid brother, he's 25 years old, and basically he was very excited when he got his uh, uh, employment, um, basically because the, he went through a very rigorous process of interviews, and at the end he was selected. When he was given his employment letter, he was told that he's going to be on probation for 90 days. But um, five weeks into, he, everything has been going great. He's been like attending meetings, doing his possible best. Five weeks into this job, he was let go and they told him the reason was that um he was his excel wasn't too sound he wasn't too sound on excel and they just and that was one of the call anyways call um deliverables of his the scope of his employment so uh they gave him two weeks pay he he did he did and they just let him go with just two weeks of pay and because the from your explanation of probation, if it's stated in the employment letter, he basically uh, has nothing to do about it, right? So the question, Samson, is did he sign an employment agreement that says, number one, that he's on probation, and number two, that they can let him go on probation by paying him nothing? If he, If it says that, then he's not owed anything if it does actually say that, which means if they've offered him two weeks, technically speaking, that's more than they owe him. If it doesn't say that, okay, uh, then yeah. he he's likely owed more than two weeks pay, even after only five weeks of employment. So the real question is the terms of that employment agreement. So probably the best advice I'm going to be able to give you right now is to have your brother contact me and my team off air to send us a copy of that employment agreement. We'll be able uh-huh. to review it and then tell him if it limits him or if it doesn't and if he's owed more. Sounds good. I'll, I'll do just that. I'll have him be in contact with your office. Excellent. 
Yeah, he's really moved on, basically. But he was he made attempts to like improve his Excel knowledge and um, worked all night to make sure that all his deliverables were kind of done on time and within the scope of his job. But they just let him go and they just paid him two weeks. He, he was Understood. kind of down and depressed for like two weeks, but he moved on and he's mm. really actively a job hunter at the moment. So, all right, I'll have him get in touch with you. And secondly, I wanted to ask if it's possible for you to kind of uh, recommend a lawyer who could draft me uh, a contract. I I'm self-incorporated. I work with this company for about 11 months now. Everything has been going great. And we just have a verbal agreement and a handshake with the CEO, who is my client. I'm, a I'm like a contractor. I'm a, I'm a vendor to this company. And we just have verbal agreement. So recently, my client uh, kind of called me and asked me to send over a contract he could look at. And I just uh, I contacted a couple of lawyers, but they said that's not their scope of uh, yeah, con contact me off there. We can easily draft that contract. We've we've done over a thousand of them. So contact me off there, and happy to help you. Samson, good call. Appreciate the uh, appreciate you reaching out. Here's how you're going to do all of that that Lior just mentioned. First, the phone call is going to be one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Email answers at employmentlawyer.ca. Always good stuff. I mean, that's why people call. Again, that probation question is coming up, and we're going to continue on with uh, with lots more of that. Are you on probation? Are you not? Is it automatic? How long can it be? Any other of these questions, you can bring them on now. We'd love to love to talk to you after a short break. 416-872-1010. And a reminder, you can always go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. There's a ton of what we talk about on this show every week embedded into that website. It's free. It's anonymous as well. Access to the severance calculator. And that'll tell you exactly what that severance should be because the number you're thinking, the number your buddy told you, the number your workplace told you is almost guaranteed to be wrong. Again, can happen at uh, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. But so much more to go. The phone calls 416-872-1010. And we'll come back after a short break. Lots more. The Employment Law Show. Hang on. All righty. Welcome back to it. One thirty-four Sunday afternoon. You bet Employment Law, the Employment Law Show here answering all of your questions. The main topic uh, this hour is on probation for the most part, but phone calls about everything else under the Employment Law scheme. You can ask and uh, get some answers. 416 872 1010. Hi, Linda. Thank you so much for taking the time. How are you today? I'm fine. Thank you. Excellent. What's on your mind? Um, I've been working for the same employer for 24 years. We have a, uh, we are allowed to accrue sick time to the tune of 16 sick days a year. We can bank them up to 120. I am not, I have a lot of sick time banked and the policy has always been after three consecutive times of calling in, three days in a row, they can request a doctor's note. However, now they are requesting a doctor's note every time I'm sick, even one day, and if I don't produce a note, I won't be paid. I tried to explain that sometimes you're just you're too sick to come and work, but you're not going to burden your doctor and go because you have a headache. Or, But they are saying without a doctor's note, they'll no longer pay me for my sick time. Can they do that after 24 years of paying me and I accrue it, I've earned it. It's a benefit that I get. So Linda, uh, is first of all, is this a unionized position? No, it's not. Okay. So strictly speaking, they're not allowed to do this in the sense that they can't or they shouldn't be changing things uh, that you've had for a while. The, the real question though is, 
is this a big enough change and a big enough thing that they've taken away that could actually trigger rights that you have? And in this particular situation, I'm going to have to say that I get it and I would feel the same frustration that you're feeling, but it's not a significant enough change that would actually give you rights. So there's no physical way to restrain them from doing what they're doing. If this was a big change, this could be result in what we call a constructive dismissal. For example, if they took away your sick days and you said, you know, the, the 80 sick days that you had banked, they're gone now. You can't do that anymore. Well, that would be huge. But in the situation yeah. where now they've said instead of every three days, you need to do it every time, there's nothing that you're going to necessarily be able to do about it. So as a practical matter, Linda, there's just nothing that uh, the law is going to uh, allow you to do as, as an option here. So uh, that that has to and be the case here, unfortunately. refuse to pay me when I don't get a note? Well, well, again, they can decide in, to an extent. So in the previous way, they would refuse to pay you if it's been more than three days and you don't provide a note. Now it would be every time, not in a significant enough of a change to, to result in a constructive dismissal. So because of that, there's just not going to be much that can be done. Okay, well, thank you very much. Thanks, Linda, for your time as well, and uh, and good luck uh, moving forward for sure. 416-872-1010. That's a number to use to call in just like Linda just did. Hi, Steve. How are you? You're up next, pal. So I've uh, been at this uh, firm for about two and a half years at a senior at the C-suite level. And um, before I joined, I made it very clear because I've been terminated before without cause. And, but it's been, always been done in a very positive, constructive way with at least a year of severance. So I asked for a year this time around going into this new job. And they pushed back and said, no, we can only afford eight months. That's what we're going to provide you. If you want the job, uh, sign off on it. And so, unfortunately, uh, they had a downturn in part of their business. And uh, I was a little bit of the tall poppy. So, once again, termination without cause. And, of course, I raised the, this fact that, hey, guys, I'd asked for a year before I joined, and it really should be a year, um, you know, and so that's one thing. The other thing is that they're, of course, they're insisting that I sign off in the termination agreement within a week um, after hearing from the CEO. And uh, in both cases, I'm trying to see whether there's something I can fight here uh, for. So what does your employment agreement actually says you're, you're going to get in the event of a termination? Uh, basically six months plus uh four weeks plus four weeks in lieu of notice and um, other things as well, too. So effectively, it comes up to eight months that it's providing. So essentially six months plus another month per year. Is that kind of what the formula is? Uh, no, just uh, a month in lieu of notice and another month. I can't remember exactly what the terminology okay. was, but effectively, I'm getting paid out eight, eight months uh, for termination without cause. So in terms of uh, getting you more than what the employment agreement provides, if the employment agreement is otherwise enforceable and drafted properly, then you're kind of stuck with it, right? The, the, you've okay. agreed, I understand you didn't want to, and I understand that you asked for more, but ultimately you accepted what they had offered. So you'd be bound by it in the same way that they're bound by it. Uh, now, in some situations, yeah. they may have drafted the agreement in a way that makes it unenforceable, in which case you, you're not necessarily bound by it. I, I can't obviously say until I've Without seen the document. It. So yeah. you may want to send me yeah. a copy of the document so we can uh, cross our I's and dot our T's. Now, the other thing, though, is this. If, in fact, if what they're offering you, if what they're offering you is only what the employment agreement provides and not more, they can't 
ask you to sign something in return. In other words, they can't say, we will only comply with the employment agreement if you sign something. No, they have to comply with it. Yeah. Now, if they were offering right. you more, so let's say your employment agreement provides for seven months, as an example, and they're offering you eight. They'll say, well, we'll pay you that extra month if you sign the employment agreement or if you sign a, a release. That would be fine, no problem. So it's a question, again, are they offering you more than what's in the employment agreement? Given the fact that obviously you're in, a, in an executive position and there's obviously a lot of money at stake here, the best advice I'm going to give you is let's do this right. Let's dot our I's and cross our T's. I want you to reach out to me off air. Let me see the employment agreement. Let me see what they've actually offered you. And I'll be able to tell you, is there anything else there? Are they doing it right? Can we use anything to get you more? Uh, let's do this right. Yeah. Okay. Appreciate that. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. And I'm going to give you the uh, the information to do that. Uh, send a copy, of course. Email is answers at employmentlawyer.ca. Again, answers at employmentlawyer.ca. And use the phone number too, one 821 That number to reach Lior and his team and uh, continue on that discussion for sure. But here and now, again, still got lots of time, lots of open lines. Make those phone calls like we've had so far. It's the quickest way to get information on a uh, on a Sunday show for sure, 416 872 Ten ten. Okay, we're talking about probation. It's all about probation. This part of the show, uh, we know what it means. Uh, automatic anytime. No, not necessarily. How long can you be on promotion? There's our proba- uh, probation. Rather, that's a good question. People ask. What do you think? Yeah. So, how long can you be on probation? So, we said uh, earlier on the show that probation is not automatic. You're not on probation just because you started a new job. You're on probation if you sign an employment agreement that specifically says you are on probation. Now, as a practical matter. Probation can really only last for three months as a practical matter. And the reason for that is the law allows for a period of three months during which you can be let go without any compensation or severance. But that period of time, number one, is not automatic. And if it does have, a, if there's an employment agreement, it can only last three months. So after three months, it doesn't matter what the employment agreement says, you're still owed something if you are let go. So for all intents and purposes, a probationary period that's, that says that it's longer than three months, four months, five months, six months, is actually meaningless. It doesn't right. do anything beyond that three-month period. So oftentimes people kind of get stressed out. Oh, they're saying I'm, I'm on probation for six months, or they're, they're telling me that they're I've been working for a while, but they're going to put me on probation now. It's not really possible. It's meaningless. It doesn't do anything. So again, three months probation is fine if the employment agreement says so. Otherwise, you're not really on probation. Is there a situation where you may be owed severance if you let go while on that probation? So, yeah, absolutely. Number one is uh, you may actually be on probation. Uh, in other words, the employment agreement says your first three months on probation. Mm-hmm. That's not enough. The only time you can actually not get severance is if the employment agreement goes the next step and says you're on probation and ah. during that time, mm-hmm. we can let you go by paying you nothing. If that's what it says, then maybe you're owed nothing. But even in that situation, John, there's other terms in the employment agreement that can ultimately render that unenforceable, meaning you are owed severance. So bottom line is this. In probably 75% of situations where people are actually on probation, even though they're on probation, they're still owed severance and substantial severance if they're let go. And I want you to remember this. Even though you may have worked for a company for one or two or three months, doesn't mean your severance is nothing. Your severance could be several months, even though you've only worked there for a short period of time. 
fact, the length of severance could be more than the length of employment. So don't assume that just because you are on probation, you're not owed anything. In fact, you could have significant entitlements. So you really want to call me, whether you work there for a month or two or three or any other period of time, make the call. One more short break. We'll get through that here and get back to the topic of probation and your phone calls. Of course, uh, grab a phone. You still got some time. 416-872-1010. Emails are answers at employmentlawyer.ca. And of course, our website, keep telling you to use it. Put it in your favorites file, right? Uh, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, free and anonymous use at any time as well. We'll continue. More of the Employment Law Show. Stand by. And hey, welcome back to it. About uh, 10 minutes to two. Still got some time to give us a call, join the show, and ask your question. It's a good time. 416-872-1010. Lior here for the duration, of course, every week and beyond this, answering your calls at 1-855-821-5900. Email answers at employmentlawyer.ca and the website I just mentioned before we went to break, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Okay, we're going to talk more about probation. Let's flip it over to the employer's side now. So what can an employer do if they're you know not happy with the employee's performance, but they're during that probation term? What happens then? Well, number one is the employer, of course, should uh, understand whether the employee is really on probation. We talked about the fact that it's not automatic and too many times employers assume that their employees on probation. Well, he just started a job, right? He just started with me, so he must be on probation. No, so don't assume. To figure out, is he really on probation? If the employee is truly on probation, meaning you sign an employment agreement that does what it needs to do, it says that they're on probation, it says that you can let them go without any compensation, well, then you have to, of course, decide what you want to do with this employee. If, if you think that the employee uh, has potential, you're just not sure, then, you know, give them some feedback, uh, tell them what's expected, you know, work with them on improving and and assess uh, at that point, at the end of the probation period, what do you want to do? If ultimately the you don't feel the employee is working out and you don't think that's a situation that could be fixed and rehabilitated, then yes, you can let the employee go without any compensation. But again, you really, really, really want to make sure that that employment agreement is properly drafted. John, I'm telling you, most cases, even if the employer has an employment agreement, they just have not done a good job in drafting it. They they don't do what they're supposed to do. These employment agreements to actually give employers rights have to be drafted in a specific way and say certain things in a certain sequence. And if they don't do that, they're not going to be enforceable. But if you do have an enforceable agreement, as an employer, you have flexibility to let the employee go. But I always say you want to assess the performance in good faith. You want to give them a real chance to succeed uh, before you make any decision. Again, 416-872-1010 to join the show. John, thank you for taking the time. Good afternoon. How are you? Yes, good afternoon, gentlemen. Just very curious to know, um, was released from a employment contract uh, just under a year ago and found new employment about two months afterwards, was uh, released without cause, and um, I believe due, due to the circumstances and the criteria that I'd like to sue. So I'm just curious to know if I'm able to do that in light of being employed now. So what, what circumstances are you referring to that, that you think were inappropriate? I had two months left in my contract, and they uh, basically came in the office one day and said, okay, see you later, here, sign this. And I said no, and they gave me two weeks. So... If I understand them correctly, uh, John, you you had it. You are on a fixed term contract. You are on a contract for one year. Uh, eighteen months, actually. Eighteen months. Okay, and there were two months left on the contract. Yes, sir. And the um, mat leave was returning, 
I see. Yep. So they decided to let you go before the end of the contract. So their obligation, therefore, is to pay you till the end of that contract. So if there were two months left, that's their obligation. If they do that, that they would have met their their obligations to you. So if they offered you two weeks, what that should have been is two months. But the reality is it's not something you need to sue them for because we could resolve this very quickly without having to sue them. Uh, if, if in I fact, I, I see your... court. is that okay? But, but why? My point is, if a letter from me does that in a week, why go to small claims court? Why, what's the point, right? Oh, uh, no, it's, it, well, it's like saying, you know, if I, if I can take antibiotics to fix something, why would I have surgery? It's the same thing, right? So mm-hmm. a letter from me gets this resolved and, and gets it resolved so quickly that, you know, before you even draft a claim, this matter is already going to be resolved. So that's why the, that's the best course of action. Now, if I were to contact them and say, oh, no, no, we don't want to pay them anything more, then, yeah, you can take legal action against them for that two months for sure. They've the chances of you needing to do that are very small. Yeah, no, unfortunately, sir, um, I went uh, and, and got some legal counsel, and they told me the exact same statements that you did, so thank you. And uh, a letter was sent, and they said, middle finger. So that oh. was that. <laughs> well. Okay, but here, here's what I and, and yeah, obviously, I mean, I, 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 I take what you're saying, but the chances of them saying middle finger to me is probably a bit different. Uh, it's just, you know, who I am and what my firm does. We have a bit of a reputation. But that said, if we were to contact them and the the middle finger is still up there, then yeah, we'll take legal action. And the only thing that happens at that point is they're going to end up having to pay more than they could pay right now. So my best advice is give me a call off here. What's at stake here, of course, is two months pay, the balance of the contract that uh, that you signed. That's what's at stake here. Thank you very much, sir. Have a great afternoon. Enjoy your day. Thank you, John. Appreciate the uh, phone call as well, pal. And here is that number to reach out, which you're probably going to do now. Middle finger regardless, one 821 5900 Again, one 821 5900 Answers at employmentlawyer.ca. John is the email address you want to use. Just as an aside, Leroy, I've never given you the middle finger. Well, you wouldn't know we're on radio, so maybe I have. You maybe could be I giving it to me right now. I don't know. <laughs> Over the last 10 years, who knows how many times it's happened. That's right. Who knows? Exactly. Uh, still got a few minutes, a couple minutes anyway, if you want to make a phone call, 416 872 1010 uh, probation we're talking about that can that be extended i know we talked about you know six months being kind of useless when it should only be three but is there a situation where an employer could do that or try anyone as a practical matter no because i mean it's if an employer says we're extending it it's not like oh well they've broken the law and they they're going to get arrested no all that means is it's it, it, it they haven't done anything so if the employer says we're extending it well they really haven't you have the same rights if you're terminated whether it's extended or not extended, because the period of time during which you can be let go without compensation can only be three months, not three months in a day, not four months, three months. So if the employer extends that, they may be feeling better about it, but they're actually not doing anything. Yeah. So don't freak out over it. Don't uh, go and, and worry too much. It just It's meaningless. So you can literally ignore it and just continue working because the company has not done anything by extending that probationary period. Now, if I'm an employee, whether I'm, I'm entering a new uh, job, a new uh, source of employment, or maybe I'm already employed by this company, is there situations where I should refuse probation? Well, obviously, if you should always, you know, if, if you have a choice, always avoid being on probation. Always. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's never a good thing for you. But probably the main time you want to absolutely refuse 
as if you've been recruited from another job. And think about it. If you're working in a secure job, you've been there for a while, you're not looking to leave. You're not chopping out your resume. But another company knocked on your door. They contacted you. They've solicited you. They've convinced you to leave eventually, and you go work for them. Well, why would you leave that secure job to go on a new company and be on probation? It makes no sense. If that new company wants you so badly to the point that they came and, and chased you, well, then they should get rid of the probation. They should not put you on probation. So don't agree to that. And one of the reasons you don't want to agree to that is that if you're let go from that new company, you're going to be owed enhanced severance that recognizes the time with the previous company. But that doesn't happen if you agree to be on probation. So very important. If you've been recruited from another job, if they came to you, they knocked on your door, don't agree to be on probation. Never. Don't give up your rights that way. Or better yet, Send me a copy of the agreement. I'll tell you what you need to worry about or, or not worry about, but be very smart about it. So if they've come to you, you've kind of got the power in your favors. That's something you could probably negotiate out of starting your employment. I, I love you guys. Want to come work for I know you want me, but this probation, prob, uh, probation thing, can we lose that? Yeah, I want to lose it. I've been here for 10 years. You guys have decided that I'm the right guy. You told me how much you want me. Then, uh -huh. okay, then let, let's show me that. I don't want to be on probation. And in most cases, John, it's not going to be difficult to, to get rid of that probationary term. And we are just about out of time for this hour, but uh, that's good. You can always reach out to Lior after the show and uh, always advise to do so with any questions. Of course, 1-855-821-5900. Again, 1-855-821-5900. Email address you can use, answers at employmentlawyer.ca. And that website, one more time, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, covers a lot of what we talk about each week. It's free, it's anonymous, and you'll have access embedded into that website of the severance calculator. You can take that out for a spin as millions already have. So we'll catch you next week right here on the Employment Law Show. Enjoy your weekend.